UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty turns, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Blue Dog Man, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have a beyond fascinating guest for you today. Who I have with me is the Secret Space Program uh, witness, uh, Rebecca Rose. She's a multi-generational or multi-dimensional, I'm sorry, galactic experiencer, working as an energy intuitive seer and channel. As a lifelong abductee, she was taken to work in dark government programs as a child, a path that was facilitated by family members working in the military industrial complex. After initial MyLab and trombone-based mind control, she was used in various projects, including the Dulce hybridization lab, off-world weapons testing, and interspecies battle. Genetic harvest, time experiments as, mo- as mind-to-mind interface, gathering intel from various extraterrestrial races. She was first sent to the moon and later Mars, where she engineered to become a cyborg, clone, and weaponized asset. Her service continued on the outer reaches of the solar system on Planet X, where she was owned by the Draco. Rebecca's strong meditation practice and devotion to spiritual development are what supported her return of her memory and putting the pieces of her life back together. After awakening to her deeper mission, intuitive abilities, and psychic vision, Rebecca has also realized that a vast array of helpers from many different realms are assisting her. Her light family includes a Nordic mate from Procyon and an indigenous mother and father from a previous lifetime. Rebecca's integration, memory retrieval, and journey to wellness is ongoing. Through her own life experience and the current work with the White Realm, she has been given resources to assist others in recovering from their own anomalous trauma and my lab experiences. And her uh, website is www.rebeccarosebarfoot.com. Um, and I want to give her a big well and welcome to the show. Rebecca, thank you for coming on. How are you? Hey, thank you. I'm happy we finally connected. Yeah, uh, it's great to be here. This, mm-hmm. this, is, this is cool. So uh, I guess... How did you start putting these um, memories together that you were actually a part of this secret space program? And was it a big shock, obviously? Yeah, it was totally a shock. Like, I didn't believe in any of this. I didn't believe, I mean, it took me a long time to get on on board with all this, right? So um, in the bio there, we, you know, we have information. I've said that my, you know, my father was really seminal in how I ended up in these programs because he worked for, um, he had clearances uh, with, the army navy and um the aerospace uh you know military industrial complex he worked for a company that merged eventually with lockheed um so everything happened through the auspices of of his bosses let's say um and when my father long story short let's say my 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 father was in his final year of life 2019 20 you know he died in 2020 and at that time the year before and the year following um i had so much memory retrieval um everything that had happened um as a my lab so 
it took me, it's taken me a long time to put everything in context. And I, I always tell my interviewers that really my, um, like memory retrieval is ongoing. It's, it, I don't know if it will ever be done, <laughs> but, but I've gotten big chunks of, of, of the story back. And, and as anybody out there knows, who's been abducted, it takes a while to kind of integrate um, everything. Yeah, one thing you were saying in another interview is like, because I, I talk about abductions a lot on this program. Like, I heard you say that if abduction, if abductions done correctly, it'll be seamless. Like, the person won't even know they were taken. So there's probably a lot of people that are being taken that don't even know it, right? I, I, I would say so. I mean, it, it's true. Like, if they're those guys are doing a good job. They- you don't know you went anywhere and I think that was um like when I was a child I was constantly waking up uh as anything something bad was happening clearly but I just thought for decades I thought those were always just bad dreams like I didn't know um and it too we have this whole construct in our culture where ETs are just like this joke like they've been you know we've been trained away from thinking that that's a possibility and that abduction could be real. So we never really, we don't have a frame of reference for that. And mostly until we have like some kind of great awakening or epiphany inside that turns us on to what might be possible. Yeah. Now you kind of already answered this, but you you gave a clue because it was your family, but like, how do you, this is the secret space program find recruits desirable. Yeah, that, oh, that's a big, yeah, that's a big question. Um, I can really speak best to my own experience on that. And um, I think they're looking for kids who have preferably like some kind of psychic ability or heightened intuition and kids who are um, pretty dissociative. And that likely, that usually happens because they've been in a family that's traumatized them. There's been a lot of abuse in the family neglect um for me i was i was really dissociated i had a lot of that in my family and from the earliest beginnings and uh it makes us um really malleable to the whims and devices of others and particularly um controllers in the programs yeah and no. the other thing it seems like they look for is they kind of like it seems to me and i have have this in my family on my mother's side she's entirely german so uh it's more german bloodlines that's so interesting like um so do you think they're they're picking out the bloodline do you think the bloodline like from that goes back to ancient sumer or wherever like you know this bloodline that people have been talking about for years do you think that's the one they're focusing on or is it more of a pure german bloodline or what would you say Yeah, I think there there could be multiple answers to that. In my case, I think I've connected this because my first, like, let's say my first abduction assignment, if you will, was with the Germans at the Dark Fleet base on the moon. I kind of was just thinking, well, you know, they just want more Germans. They're kind of preferencing that. Um, I don't know if I have the definitive answer on that, though. I'm sure there's there's more to it than just the German thing. There's also, you know, what what else, like the other things you mentioned. Those are also possibilities. Yeah. 
Um, so what what does your family have to do with your SSP recruitment? Because I remember you saying in another interview that your uncle was kind of, or I, I don't know if it was your godfather or your uncle or something like that. These you said was your handler. Now I'm kind of new to like SSP talk. So I'm new to like handlers and alters. I mean, I have a, an idea of what they mean, but like the audience, if you could talk about maybe the, what those are and how that was affected in your situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know it is a it is a lot to wrap one's mind around and all the different um the language and the permutations of, of the context of all of this. So um I had a lot of players in my early life, and we don't have to spend the whole show talking about all this, but um my godfather was a handler. He worked side by side with my father um in Lockheed and uh he brought me to, I mean, I was given to him when I was born and he brought me to, um, child, it was child pornography with the deep state child, child, uh, how do I say this? Um, ooh, the best way to compromise someone is by filming them having sex with a child. And so that's what happened to me. I mean, I was used in that way early on. And it was my godfather who took me to those events. He had been in the Air Force with a secret clearance and was vetted into Lockheed, just like my father, who had a secret clearance in the Army. They look for these people and they, they once you have, and just particularly dad as he got later, you know, Later on, he had a top secret clearance and was working with the Navy. He ended up owning you. And I think they, the guy, dark realm, the dark world of all of this, they're owned. They have bosses and they're owned. So um, anyway, bringing it around to that, like my, you know, it's all grist for the mill. Like all of that with my godfather was, I think it was just preparation for a deeper myelab experience. Um, and I also, Rob, I always want to say this too, that I feel like I signed up to to do this. Like it wasn't all me being a victim. I, from a soul's perspective, you know, I work in the Akashic Records. So where I'm always looking at the, the bigger picture, like what are we doing here through multiple embodiments? And I feel like now I understand that I, let's say volunteered to experience this so I could learn about the deepest, darkest elements of society that belly of the beast go down into the belly of the beast understand how it works so you can be part of undoing it like i really understand that about my path now in a deeper so design do you think you're a star seed and in, in, in that in that sense do you think you were sent here to, on a mission definitely oh absolutely yeah yeah as are many of us i don't think i'm unique or special in that regard i think many of us have uh, maybe it's not this mission but um absolutely Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Now, can you talk about your first, where you went first, like, like from your first memories, I know you said you went to the moon, Mars, um, you were cyborg cloned. Can you talk about all that? If you don't mind talking about it, just if you could briefly or however you want to get into it, if it takes long. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to it. It's, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll get through what we can today. Um, I was, so my earliest abductions were uh, to the moon and it was um, where I interfaced mostly with the moon. Yeah. The dark fleet based on the backside of the moon. And this was, so just to clarify, like a time frame for people, I was born in 72 and this started when I was, I was like 76, 77. So I was around four wow. at the time. And it was 
I was interfacing with the Draco mostly, although there were Germans and Greys at the base. Um, and it was, it started out with really light duty, kind of, they just trained me, I think because I was so little, you know, that's really young, right? Um, it, they were training me telepathically to interact with non-terrestrial beings. And eventually it got to be more and more, a little more involved over time. Um, they had at the time, um, a really large cloning lab there, experimental facilities. They were doing lots of experiments on, on uh, extraterrestrial beings. And that was kind of a hub. It was also a hub for the galactic slave trade. Uh, at the time, I think all these things evolve and change over the years and, and over time. I don't I think this question. is still what's going on. Do you, do you, yeah. do, you, do, you do you identify with like what Tony Rodriguez says about this galactic slave trade that it happened on, he, he was a slave on series and, and uh, this is very all real. I mean, I don't doubt he's real. I'm just saying like the galactic slave trade, like that's, there's a lot of you that are witnesses to that or, or experiences of that, right? Yeah, well, I would say too, just to clarify, when I say galactic slave trade, I also mean trafficking in non-human beings. So a trade that goes on through the solar system and actually out into the galaxy beyond our solar system. So I'm on board with Tony, absolutely with this. And it wasn't, it's not just a matter of like, I was in a way, yes, I was enslaved. Um, but but also the trafficking, like we have human trafficking here on earth, right? Yeah. We have other kinds of trafficking go on, that go on in the solar system. I, I heard someone say once, I can't remember who it was. It might've been on a secret space program interview, but I heard someone say that DNA is one of the most valuable assets in the space. Is that true? hundred percent. Yeah. DNA and tech are the big currencies. Yep. hundred percent true. Yes. That's insane. Like, yeah. what do you, it's, it's weird, right? Like, it's like, it's a whole different world. Like, and then uh, do yeah. you find that like, um, like humans have inter like relationships with like non-humans, like are they like sexually compatible and like, are there, are there like people marrying other oh, alien yeah. races and stuff like that? Actually, that's interesting. Uh, I might've, I was so taken by the question. I think I might've lost the second part of your question. Say that again. Like, are there, are there people like, like humans and non-humans getting married in outer space and shit like that? Are people having like relationships and lives? And like, I think, I think I heard like, oh, like people I, say they've had that, right? Right. Like they're, they're like, they've, they've had like children on other planets and stuff. Right. Oh yeah. I think that has happened for some people. I don't have much. I don't know about that. I do have, as a galactic, I mean, I have a, what we could call as a galactic avatar myself with a with a mate on a, what I call as a light alliance ship. Um, he's from Procyon. But I don't experience it as me, this human lady known as Rebecca, interacting with him. It's more my galactic self that's, you know, existing in this sort of parallel reality um, in tandem with like a part with of your soul, human. right? A part of your soul is with him. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that might be a way to say it. So as far as mating goes, I don't know how the mechanics of that might work. I do not have experience with that. It's funny to yeah, think about question, though, right? Yeah. Because like, but when, when I thought- It's totally when I, funny to think about. Because like, there's yeah. like this whole other world existing that like us humans don't know about. You know what I mean? Like that not, like 80% of the world doesn't know about. But now with the awakening, I think people are starting to more wake up and realize that this is actually real. You know what I mean? It's like- if you go back to Gary McKinnon, who hacked into the Navy's computers, where he found that the U.S. had these 
you know, destroyer type um, craft. And then like on Linda Moulton, how they came out, she came out and said, we have the, uh, the, the secret space program crafts, the Hill and Cotter, and they have different names for them. And then there's all the witnesses coming out that, you know, like the Tony Rodriguez is in the, um, Captain Mark Richards and you and Penny Bradley and I mean it's just like and then it seems like more and more people are coming out like do you think that has to do with the, like, the awakening I do I do because it does seem like there's an acceleration of all of this happening now like you said and why I could in my own you know story like I could say well why why did that all happen and you know as we're approaching 2000 like why why now? Right? Like, why not 10 years ago? I wasn't ready 10 years ago. I, my mind would have been so fucked up 10 years ago. I would have been like, yeah, not ready to receive the full brunt of all of this. Cause yeah. it's crazy making it is crazy making. And then sometimes I'm doing an interview and I'm thinking I've gone public with this. I must sound like, a, yeah, sure. That's that crazy lady who thinks she went to Mars. Right. Yeah, totally. So you did also <laughs> go to Mars though, right? Can you talk about that? Like, and what that was like? Yeah. So when I was nine, that was the major, like the time, big time and back abduction. So it, was, it always seems like it was more than 20 years. And I think that's because I had clones maybe existing in tandem um, during that span of years. But I was yeah, 10 and um, there's a lot of detail I'm going to leave out. Let's just go straight to Mars. Um, I was, again, slowly trained into uh, what we would call as um, a weaponized asset. Some people call that a super soldier. I don't particularly love the name super soldier. I'd probably say a, a combat slave, but um, very high tech. So my biology was wed with other kinds of um, technology and used for psychic, you know, wanted to keep the psychic ability intact and to build out that psychic ability. But I was also chemically, biologically, uh, technically enhanced, electronically enhanced. And a lot of what I did there in the early time, I mean, I was, I was trained and augmented over a period of years. And then I became just a kind of a, somebody who's with an, another unit, you know, we would patrol the base and just keeping the base safe. So kind of mundane job. I was trained as a, you know, a pilot, just again, being a patrol and um, making sure things were safe in our, you know, our own interests were safe on Mars. Um, changed somewhat over time, but that's kind of the gist of it, uh, like the soundbite on it. That's insane. It's it's so wild, like that these things, like, and then you went, it said you went to the outer reaches of, like, you were near Planet X. Now, would you say, is that, like, what people call the planet of the Anunnaki? No, I think there's, I always, yeah, good point. You know, I like to clarify that to my knowledge, this was not Nibiru. Um, this was a very large planet just beyond the Kuiper belt. Um, and the, I was owned by the Draco. So think about this. We'll go back to Mars and think about how I'm created into this kind of fight machine, this killing machine with psychic ability and so on and so forth. Mm, if I, if they clone me, they can then sell me to other groups and make a profit, let's say. So that is a part of a slave trade, if you like. Um, so the Draco owned me at that point. And I was, um, at the time, the Draco had a big, uh, they were, had a control of a portal within that planet. Um, and also a big, again, another big hub for the slave trade. They had a lot coming and going from, from that planet at that time. So again, I'm protecting, in this case, Draco 
assets. And it was mostly, I was at work in space protecting a big Draco mothership and um, relating really exclusively with the Draco um, and um, piloting, piloting. We all had, there was a unit of us who had small solo craft, which were very high tech and run through mind to mind interface consciousness to consciousness. So the craft is alive. The craft is not just a machine. It is a living intelligence. Um, but the the Draco were the most terrifying beings I ever met. In, I was going to ask you about that. There, like they, sure. they, they get a bad rap here. And I, I see why, because they've, they've been, they've had a lot of uh, uh, dealings in our affairs, it seems like. And like, but like, w- what are they like? Or what, from me remembering, like, what, what, what is their control structure on this reality? Like, are they in control of like our reality? Would you say? Um, I think they would like to be. And in some cases they have come close to being that. Um, I do not think they're in control of our our reality, but, but they do have, I can say that they have massive ability to create like holographic, they've mastered holographic technology so that they can create a reality. Like for me, if I was insubordinate, they could send me and they could, they were totally beyond telepathic. They were like mind melded into my head. Every time they would pass by, I would just look at the ground and not make eye, t- eye contact. So they wouldn't, like, as if they wouldn't be able to read me. Of course, they still could, but they could send me into a hell realm, a kind of living nightmare that was like an, not, it's like a virtual reality, but they were mass, masters of creating that. They could send me into this beautiful heavenly realm if they wanted to reward reward me for, you know, um, whatever I had done that was, you know, to their liking or the opposite. And we had like holographic food and we had, you know, it's almost like this, they were very good at creating certain realities and they're powerful wherever the Draco go, they're top dog, no exception. Like when I mentioned them being at the dark fleet base on the moon, which was us totally run by Germans, like the Draco are there, they have a higher hand, you know, they're, it's like, they seem to be the one that, you know, everyone answers to. That's so interesting. Um, and then w- w- let me ask you this. What are the grays and like, what are their um, involvement and everything? Like, are they like, like servants of the Draco, would you say? And uh, do you agree with some people that say like, the, 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 I was just going to ask you, do you think that the, 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 there's some people that say the grays have been kicked out of our solar system, like and the rep, the reptilians, do you agree with that? And I just wanted to get your, your opinion on that. Okay, there's a couple questions there. So I would say first, let me answer the first Sorry. part. Sorry. The the grays are um, really different than the. No, no problem. <laughs> They're very different than the Draco. Um, really, really different in a different way of interacting with humans, and they don't have that aggressive kind of bent. Although they've done a lot of very devious things. Um, they're out to use us. They've been out to use us genetically for a long time to use us for their own ends. And there's, I would also say, there's been there's a lot of different types of gray. I think there's a really um, upper dimensional type of Zeta gray that lived that that has come from Zeta reticuli a long time ago. Like that, there. I was shown this through visions and in channel. I received this information that you know they've they've been regressed. A lot of groups of gray have been severely regressed. Their genetics themselves have been truncated, and that's why they've done so much so much experimentation on humans because they've gone down the tubes they've they've experimented on themselves 
Um, so things are bad in that way. But the relationship between the Grey and the Draco, they seem to be like people who, they both have their own interests. It's sort of like two interest groups, like, hey, how can we both get what we need and kind of, you know, scratch each other's backs, let's work together. It seems, you know, they both have humans as their uh, prey, so to speak, in a way. Yeah, that's uh, so interesting. Um, okay. And, and then you asked about earlier this year, there was a real shift happening with the presence, at least of the gray, and the, the grays in our solar system seem to be like their central command, so to speak, seem to be losing power. And I do agree that there has been a shift uh, with that. That's- that's pretty cool. So, because it does seem like, I don't know if you noticed, but it doesn't seem like there have been as many abductions. It seems like abductions have really, like, you don't hear about it as much anymore, right? It's it's not as prevalent, mm-hmm. it seems like. I've wondered. So is, is that is that the, sort of the pulse that you're taking? I'm, I'm curious. That's interesting to me. If so, it's, it's, yeah, it's I've wondered getting... that myself. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, it seems that way. But I mean, like, I do get some people who say, yeah, there's still people that say they're being, but there's a lot of difference between a lot of people might be having contact too. So, I mean, we well, don't know, yeah. who be, you know. Yeah, it, you read my mind. I was thinking that how so much of the, our experiences with that other realm of non-terrestrial life have so much to do with our our consciousness in general will dictate what we experience in this realm regardless and then if there's an awakening of consciousness we're in general going to have more contact with other realms of experience and other dimensions and other um, types of beings that are non-human it's always it's interesting like why is this so always so terrifying to us and it seems to me like in part it's because if you look at movies about extraterrestrials there's always this like baddies that are coming to take over the planet right there's never has there been ever any movies made about like benevolent beings coming to really help and heal and and befriend humanity i don't think so maybe i I think that's happening though i think they're 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 in contact with people like yourself like you said you're a channel so you're channeling some kind of benevolent beings and i think a lot of people are and i really applaud that because i think it's it's they they want to get their information out and i think they're going through the experiencer right like the, they're they're funneling information through you and other people like people like bashar who's a big you know um channel and like just uh, other people who might not even be as popular but they're just getting messages in their bedroom because maybe that's how that they're doing maybe it's because of the awakening process but like where was i going with that but no i was saying like you you definitely channel benevolent beings right yeah and they make themselves i mean it's a it's a matter of the i think the channel's consciousness and like being kind of ready to receive higher knowledge without and certainly i would say you know if you're going to channel anything please be grounded but um because you can be intercepted with things that are not good but um yeah there's there is such a there is an awakening going on we've already clarified that i think yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and it, there's just more more uh we're opening up to embody more of our multi-dimensional reality yeah, yeah that, that's a good point now one thing that we haven't talked about that i thought i hear a lot of people talk about is altars like can you talk about what altars are and like um if you have any and like and what what that goes into i'm pretty sure i understand it but like i'd like the audience to know for people who might be not you know what i mean yeah yeah super i mean that's a, yeah 
Thank you. It's a it's a really good question. It's a complex topic for sure. So if we go back to um, the the blueprint or the template that is usually used when someone is abducted for let's say a twenty and back experience, a Myla military abduction, they will be sent into a trauma based mind control program, which will be the most horrible thing probably that ever happened to them. And their mind will be split. The purpose of it is to split the mind in different pieces and compartments, which can then be programmed to respond to commands. And those pieces and parts likely are not going to know about each other. So you could have somebody with a front personality that's pretty normal, but in the background somewhere, if they're still involved in a program, they might have a, um, you know, like for me, when I was in the, was on Mars, I have what I had, what I had like a, what I would call as a, this is a little difficult to say, but like a kill command altar, you know, remember I was basically a super soldier there and I had, I was trained to have no will of my own, no mercy and no fear. And I was supposed to just get rid of whatever the, the opponent was. So, and they could turn that on and turn that off. So that's kind of the soundbite. And people, Mm -hmm. so these, alters are like different personalities that that come out in this life sometimes dealing with your involvement in the programs like these these personalities can service in this life right they could they could and i i probably know less about that my experience was more when i was really deeply embedded in the ssp um yeah yeah i know there can be bleed through particularly if somebody I think it just depends on somebody's natural proclivities and how, you know, a lot of different factors go into like why there could be bleed through now when they're, you know, here, just sitting here in human form, um, are they still being manipulated and, you know, how much healing has there been and and so on and so forth. There's, there's so many factors. Yeah. Yeah, It's so interesting. It really is like, and then um, I was going to see if you could talk about a little bit about your involvement in MK ultra and Montauk. Um, I, I know there are two different programs, but they have similar, right? It's uh, if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Late seventies, I was taken into Montauk, and I think that's when you know I'd been working some on the moon, being taken back and forth. And eventually they sent me to a mind control program so they could use me for what I might call as like heavier duty work, so to speak. I was taken to Montauk and that that was via actually my godfather who has been mentioned earlier here in the program. Um, I ended up at Montauk and there was a lot of intense, really intense, horrific torture that happened. A lot of it was sexual. Um, I was kept in isolation. There's unspeakable things that happened at Montauk. I feel like Montauk was um, a kind of Holocaust that has gone really under the radar. Um, And ultimately they were using us. I mean, there was, you're right. There was a mind control program that I was part of there. And at the same time, they were mm, doing experiments. I just call them experiments in time. And remember the air force was involved here. And I also think they had like paperclip scientists who were German, you know, German scientists who had been, were helping them out with different things. Um, and also helping with the, the mind control because think about Nazi Germany and how involved they were with manipulating minds. Um, so 
I remember uh, various different things about the, the time experiments. And one of those things was being put in a, I call it like a silver bullet. Um, I would be, it's almost like a silver coffin. And I would lie down in this thing. And they would do this to me over and over and over and over and over. And partly because it fucks up your mind so bad. Um, they would do it till I lost consciousness. And they would electrocute parts of my head. And my impression of what was going on there was they were splitting what I could call as the etheric body from the physical body and sending me into another place in, in time, like reading time um, to see what other oh, like timeline possibilities. It's really difficult to explain in conventional language because it's so beyond what we normally think of as possible. But part of it was also to cause excruciating pain. And I always felt like I was failing at something that would, they kept doing it until I would just pass out. It seems like they were um, trying to like fracture your personality, so, right? Or like to destroy your personality and build the personality they want, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to say that. Sure. Yeah. And to, to meld us children to their will to become, and remember, I'm already coming out of a family in which, you know, there's been so much horrible abuse already that I'm completely dissociative. I'm very eager to follow somebody else's commands so I don't stay, you know, so I don't get in trouble and get further abused. Um, I really have no, already had no will of my own, no, no central mooring, no no um, personal autonomy as a small young young person in this world. So all the better to manipulate me. So take me then into a mind control program and, you know, it's over for me. Speaking um, of like mind and psi and stuff, so like we, your psi your boat. Oh, sorry, I'll let you finish. I'm, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, please. I was, yeah, we're I was covering say, lots of ground here. Like quickly, your psi so. abilities carried over, though. Like you're, you have your psi abilities that you had when you were in the secret space program, right? Or some form of it. Like you might be clairaudient or clairsentient or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, that, thank you for, yeah, thanks for bringing us around to that. You know, they, I feel like they were pretty dormant for a long time and then when I I my life was kind of falling apart uh in back in like 2012 and I started to meditate because I didn't know what else to do and that caused my, my um, psychic ability to start opening and it's also that's how things like in the deep well of meditation when you're in an altered brain state brainwave state and not, not in the brainwave state that we're we're speaking in now the beta brainwave state, the subconscious mind begins to reveal its contents. And that's when I started getting like these jolts of things that had happened to me. They, they started to come back in that way. So anyway, long story short, yes, the, the abilities began to open up and it's, it's what led me to be able to do the work I do now as a seer and a channel and working with clients to do readings and provide guidance for them. Yeah, and um, like, what 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 would you say? Like your 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 strongest psychic ability, or would you say you're psychokinetic, or um, maybe clairaudient, clairsentient, or? Yeah, that's a cool question. Thank you. Um, yeah, both clairaudient, clairvoyant get a lot of information through visions and also messaging, and uh, being able to read all kinds of subtle energy. You know, when I'm listening in, like during a client session, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know how I, how do I even do this? I don't even know how I do this. Like some of the client sessions that I do, all I have is a name and I'm recording an audio file for them independently. And it's mind blowing what comes through and the feedback I get from the client. Like, how is this even possible that I 
pull this out of the quantum field. I wanted to ask you that. I mean, you can't fake that. It's amazing, right? I love when you get a reading, like we had a reading done the other day with me and my girlfriend and like, we had it from an old school like um gypsy and this she was awesome like she she was the her her grandmother was a a gypsy like um you know psychic so she she had like those old school values you know and like the stuff that she was saying we got a dual reading you know what i mean we got like one reading for the both of us and the things she was saying were insane like the confirmations she was getting were insane and i was like where does this come from it's like they know it's like it's like it's coming yes. from like the akashic or the the quantum like you said like i like that term like the, it's coming from the quantum field like you know does, and, and then do you think that that means sorry this is going off on a little bit of a tangent but do you think that means we're in some kind of holographic reality where we can access this stuff at, at, at like given times based on our frequency or, or maybe other things or our natural psi ability yeah it's all i mean it's like all the information's out there what's shutting us down is our training like i feel like we all have the ability to open up to some degree of intuition and and other other abilities that go beyond our five senses it's just that we've been trained to to just deal with the analytical mind for so many centuries millennia you know we've been oh nothing to see here this doesn't exist but this is as old as time it's as old as humans to be able to relate with other realms and other other information sets and data that come in through ways that are, I feel like are really normal. It's just that we have made them abnormal. Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 I think I've been, I think like, and I know we talked about the awakening already, but I think more people right around this time are also coming into their psi abilities, right? Like more people are becoming intuitive, more people, you know, like I feel like I'm coming into my own abilities myself. I can't give someone a reading, but my intuition is off the hook. And I, I, I know yeah. it's going to happen before it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's great. That's, I, I love how you said that. Yeah. And more, I mean, look at what we're, I think people are realizing how insane it is out there. Like, don't go out there looking for your information. Start to trust yourself. That's where the world begins to shift when we have our power back. Yeah. But I mean, like, but, for, but, but some people, they don't have like uh, abilities though. Like for the people, they, they can come to you for a reading though. Right. And like, um, what all services do you offer right now? Yeah. The biggest one I do is the, mostly I do a lot of, I do a lot of coaching in Akashic records reading, like intuitive coaching, Akashic reading, soul council. I also do quantum healing sessions and galactic attunements, light language sessions. I'm a light language channel, past life readings and so on and so forth. There's a lot of options there. I work with, um, like I do inner child work, which is very intuitive. It's a kind of soul retrieval, um, lots of different things that have just presented themselves really organically someone was telling me the other day that I think they need, think I need soul retrieval because of like past trauma. Would you recommend it? Oh gosh, I'm sure it depends who you work with. Yeah. If you, if you, yeah. I guess yeah. it depends on your situation though, right? Like if you need it. Yeah. I mean, if you are, at a, you know, if you're trying to heal something and it feels like, especially if it goes back into early life or maybe another lifetime, um, bringing parts back can really help us to, well, it's not, it sounds cliche, but help us to become whole again and yeah. to operate at, at our, our full capacities. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, the last question I have for mm. you is like, 
what kind of interactions with ETs have you had? Like that you can remember. I think we talked about a lot of them, but like, I know you say right now you have a Nordic. Um, do you have, do you have relationships with all different kinds of ETs throughout your life? Uh, I remember some from childhood and a lot like more in recent years, a lot of benevolent beings, beings from there's beings that come in or energy systems that come in that don't, don't always have, they don't always have names and bodies and um, identity the way we think of them. I have been relating recently with an Arcturian uh, person who's been helping me with some healing and that all started. Gosh, I, I sometimes I get really activated when I go out and look at the stars and sometimes like this has happened with Sirius and with Arcturus with Lyra like when you attune your awareness into a star system it's almost like it begins to speak back to you so I've interacted with a lot of the usual groups like the usual suspects of the Pleiadians the in the Andromedans for sure um yeah really countless and also these one sort of experiences where I don't exactly can't they're not the usual there's lots of beings from other places that we don't have names for it might be star system nine nine seven six five two one right like it doesn't doesn't all have the usual names um and i'm always attuning to the uh the energy like how do i read that energy less maybe so looking for a vision of a body although there can be that but the most mostly i'm looking for energy signature and what is my reading benevolence and what else is coming in with that yeah this has been amazing is there anything else that you'd like to cover that we have might not have got a chance to go over or oh not nothing burning per se you know i would you know what I do is say, you, you made a little, I liked your intuitive um, gaffe at the beginning when you said, Rebecca is a multi-generational experiencer. And I'm like, and what I it was written in the buyer was multi-dimensional, but you're so right. Something I've been thinking about is the multi-generational aspect of, of abduction. And so I think my brother was taken into the programs. He was in the SSB too. And our, my, our father that we've spoken of already was also an abductee at age nine. Um, that happened to him in 1952, which was the year of the DC flyover, that whole thing that happened when the ships were flying over the Capitol, right? And it was in all the newspapers, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's interesting to think about, well, what is the genesis of that? Like how come this runs in certain families? I will always Just an open, open-ended question. Yeah. Well, something I've been um, looking into more deeply and trying to um understand more about that so to be continued right yeah yeah that's something we can tackle i mean i'd love to have you back on the show you're an awesome guest this was really fun i thank you for letting me understand stuff more like you know like alters like and like you know like um and and like the the mind control stuff like i'm i'm i've had some ssp people on my show before but i don't get that deep into it so it's like this is kind of new ground for me you know yeah well it's a it's um it is a lot to and because so much of it is is quite dark it's very dark can be at least the generation of programs that i was put into horrible things happened there awful things it can be hard to listen to hard i mean that all the technology and all the you know how did this even how did they get me from my bed into these programs slipping my consciousness into something else 
et cetera, et cetera. It's, it is really hard to, to understand it all in the context of how that exists in tandem with what we think of as our conventional reality. So yeah. thank you for your openness and to your audience. Yeah. Also, if you're, if they're new coming into, you know, this information, you know, thank you for your, you know, just open mind. Yeah. And thank you. And then if you could tell everybody your, your website and uh, where to find you. Yeah. So my website is Rebecca Rose Barfoot.com. And you can also find me on YouTube, Rebecca Rose Serious Blue, where you can, I've made lots of videos that go into wicked detail, like a lot more information about everything um, that Rob and I have talked about here. And thank you. This was awesome. And I, like I said, I'd love to have you on again. And, and uh, yeah, thank you. Take care. Okay. Hey, Rob, thank you so much. All right. All have right. a good night.